All right, we are live. All right. This is episode one of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fear-based success. Is that what we're calling it? I guess. <laughs> Fear-based success it is. Um, so maybe we could just start with a little bit about who we are, um, kind of why we're starting this podcast, um, and what we hope to get from it slash give to it. You want to go first, Max? Sure. Yeah. Um, just kind of filling time uh, during the COVID and trying to beg the questions uh, that kind of interest us and interest everybody. Uh, look farther into life, look farther into what um, we're all kind of capable of and just bringing um, a, a new perspective or a lasting perspective from a, from a new source. Yeah. I mean, we, we have talked about doing this for a while. Um, you know, you and I are, are big hikers and we'll be out in the woods just having these deep discussions. And we've always talked about recording it and just seeing if it could be of benefit to, to anyone or even just to have an archive for ourselves. And so I think now that COVID is in full effect, I think there's a lot of people starting podcasts, but just being on lockdown seemed like a good time to kind of start I don't know, trying stuff and seeing what sticks. Yeah, and um, finding the good and the bad and, you know, being locked down or not necessarily being able to do what you want to do, but finding the need or being able to do what you need to do um, and maybe building better habits when you have the opportunity to sit around and, you know, watch Netflix or, you know, just become a little bit more lazy because everybody is and it's okay. Um, this is just a really good opportunity to kind of keep pushing forward and kind of keep building on a, on a solid foundation. Yeah. And I think, you know, for this episode, or at least the first couple episodes, they'll kind of be somewhat COVID theme related. Um, we'll get into kind of this, this fitness and nutrition program that we've been doing to, to keep ourselves busy. Um, but I guess overall in broader terms, you know, months down the road when we still have this going, um, what, what can listeners expect from you or, or from us? Um, for lack of a better term, I would say like a real person perspective, just an authentic, um, you know, have a beer, smoke a joint, you know, have some fun, but like are driving towards good things for uh, ourselves and, uh, service to other people, um, and yeah, just kind of like a place to check in, to maybe check out from like the real world and just get um, a little bit of a push sometimes when you maybe you think you're alone or you're the only one that experiences certain things. You can kind of hear a perspective from two guys that have, have gone through similar ordeals or similar trials and we can kind of all maybe come out the other end, you know, better from it. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, kind of pr providing a perspective from like a normal person. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I listen to other people's podcasts, and granted I listen to some of the bigger, more popular ones, I don't necessarily dive into uh, some of the deeper niche ones, but typically it's these people who are already famous or, or who already have uh, a lifestyle that's not really something that I can relate with. And while they're still giving good content and providing insights and they're interviewing cool people, it just seems like there's such a gap between some of the things that they talk about and some of the things, you know, that would relate to my daily life, 
You think that's fair to say? Yeah. Um, and I think everybody either listening or, um, you know, trying to do their own podcast or just us here, like we all kind of have our own individual lives, but it is a different perspective when you put up on a celebrity pedestal. Mm -hmm. Um, people want to be those people. People feel like they know them, even though they've never met them. Um, versus maybe, you know, hearing it from somebody who, you know, you could just see at the gym, you could, not right now, but <laughs> you yeah. could see in public or maybe at the store from a socially acceptable distance and it just kind of be like, oh man, that guy gets it too, or that guy's gone through it too, or that, that woman there has gone through it too. And maybe we could just share in those experiences and find a way to kind of give ourselves a little bit of therapy or just you know, fill a little bit of that void sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And that's not to say that we have all the right answers, but I think like the, obviously one of the more popular ones is the Joe Rogan experience. And he talks about a lot of cool stuff, but he often references like going out to his garage and sitting in his sleep deprivation chamber, or, you know, <laughs> stepping into his personal sauna to deal with stress. And unfortunately not all of us have those resources readily available. And so I think, talking through some of our techniques or some of the things that we've learned you know even if it doesn't help everybody even if you know it doesn't help many people if if somebody out there can can gain some insight or or at least feel i guess less alone about the experiences experiences they're going through i think that that counts as a win for me at least yeah you? yeah same and it's just like everybody you know, has to build up, you know, certain strengths or, you know, build up skills or have tools in their toolbox to deal with life and, and hard or good experiences, no matter what they are, you kind of have to have tools to deal with them in a social standpoint. And I think just kind of tuning in, maybe listening in and growing with us through this process will help put at least, you know, one more tool in the toolbox. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say that every episode is going to be super deep emotional stuff. I mean, we plan to talk about a lot of other stuff too. We're both big outdoorsmen, um, snowboarders, Max more than myself, but. Oh, he's getting there though. He's I'm, getting there. I'm slowly but surely. Um, we're both from Minnesota and so um, Vikings and, and Minnesota related activities, I'm sure will be more uh, more talked about as the season gets closer, if the season as we expect to happen happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's there will be episodes I think that are a little more serious, and then episodes that are a little lighter. Um, you know, like like Max kind of alluded to. Um, eventually, we'll be probably having a few beers or, you know, dabbling in a little uh, marijuana during this. But um, like we also talked about, we've kind of been doing this this nutritional and workout program um, for the last month or so. Um, kind of sees Corona as a good time to, to start it. We talked about this for a while too, but actually started implementing about a month ago. Um, so you want to move over to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, just swinging right into kind of the first episode topic. Um, cause I don't think we'll be doing an intro for every episode. So hopefully you kind of just tune in and see what we got going on. But mm -hmm. yeah, along with kind of, you know, every new experience you have, um, whether it's planned out or not, there is a certain level of, you know, fear, anxiety that comes with it, maybe not knowing it and, uh, going through this and trying to build better habits through being kind of forced indoors has been 
kind of uh, overwhelming. Not, I wouldn't say necessarily overwhelming, but uh, kind of a jarring experience because it's it's different. But different doesn't necessarily mean bad. And um, over the last month or so of of getting in it with this the the Onnit challenge, the Onnit Six challenge through the Onnit workout program, um, I've been able to challenge myself a lot more, dig a little bit deeper face those fears or those anxieties and not necessarily un- see them as fears anymore but break them down into like individual emotions inside of those um, clumped up fears and then kind of attack them individually to kind of find success and that's kind of where we're at starting up a podcast as rookies just diving into the fire um, because sometimes that fear brings really great successes and that's what I'm learning so far. Yeah. So, so in terms of fear, you're almost talking about like mindfulness, like practicing mindfulness, actually examining some of the things that you think are fears and maybe revealing that it's more of like a story that you tell yourself rather than like a logical type of fear. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I, I would say that a lot of us can get caught up, you know, I've heard a pretty cool quote. I can't remember who told it to me. Um, but, uh, it was kind of like, don't believe everything you tell yourself. And when I started kind of like looking into that, not just seeing it as like, oh, yeah, you know, like I can kind of give myself some BS sometimes or eat it up. And um, I more broke it down into like, you know, like, am I just psyching myself out? Am I creating my own problem? Am I creating my own fear? Am I creating an excuse because I don't want to do something and then blaming it on fear? And those are the questions that you start delving into the moment you start walking down kind of like that mindfulness rabbit hole which can be wonderful it can also be kind of confusing at times but when you usually come out the other side on any sort of tangent or topic or fear that you've either dealt with for a long time or maybe just experienced recently it it feels really nice to like find that resolve like I'm saying like with our our workout program to be like man like in the first 10 minutes it's like I don't think I'm going to be able to last this this whole hour and then all of a sudden 60 minutes is up and it's like you feel like you could do another hour Mm -hmm. so like when when you when you just are too afraid to even start you'll never get anywhere is is kind of what I've been learning as well yeah that's definitely true and I guess to kind of bring it back around full circle um, so for the last 30 days, Max and I have been doing, um, what's called the 75 hard challenge. Um, I think you were initially the one who told me about it. Um, but basically the, the long and short of it is it's a, a fitness slash nutrition slash lifestyle program that's kind of designed to not only build, you know, physical fitness and, and overall health, but also kind of build, um, I guess mental toughness is what you'd call it. Um, and so thousand foot overview um, for 75 days, you have to work out twice a day for 45 minutes each. And at least one of those workouts has to be outside. You have to follow some type of a nutrition plan. Um, it's not really specific around that, but just some healthy nutritional diet. You have to stick to that for 75 days. Um, no alcohol as part of that diet, um, for 75 days, um, drink a gallon of water every day and then read 10 pages of an entrepreneurial book. Um, am I forgetting anything there? 
No, that's the basic one. I know that you had added a couple more things yourself to kind of push it a little farther, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's the basic overview and it, and it, it is jarring at first, but like once you start kind of getting into it, it's, it's, it's a really cool experience to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And I can talk about, he, he's right. I did add a few of my own things to kind of make it harder, um, just based on the, the journey that I was on or am on at the time that we started it. Um, but let's just kind of go through the different pieces of this one by one and talk about our experience and, and what's been the hardest, what we've liked about it. Um, so starting with fitness, two workouts a day, every day, at least one of them outside. Um, we're in Portland, Oregon. And so in April, May in Portland, the weather is not always reliable that you're going to be able to have a comfortable workout outside, which I guess is technically part of the mental toughness aspect of this program. Um, but with COVID adding another piece, not being able to go work out in a gym or have access to, you know, weights or cardio equipment, I think that's just added another layer that we've both kind of viewed as, you know, further attributing to that mental toughness factor. Um, but let's be honest, it's, it's a struggle. It makes it harder. Um, for, for our fitness program, um, I found on, like you mentioned earlier, the on at six program. Um, it just happened to work out really conveniently that they were starting a six week challenge around the time that we were starting this program. And so I purchased a body weight trainer and you got the kettlebell, kettlebell workout, kettlebell workout. And so that has served, um, we are just wrapping up week three today. So for the first three weeks, that's kind of served as at least one of the workouts. And then for the other one, I'll typically run, go for a long, like power walk, I guess you call it. Um, run some stairs if I can find them. Um, just kind of really trying to find anything I can to to do some form of cardio for that second exercise. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I, uh, I see your the advertisements for the body weight workout, and it looks pretty intense. Um, but the kettlebell is something that I've never done before. I had worked with them um, kind of leisurely in the gym, just see them, play with them, try and swing them because it looks fun. Um, but now it's kind of more of a serious regimen and I uh, you kind of just build the respect with 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 uh, the workout gear that you have and it, it helps with that mental acuity and mental toughness like we're talking and then majority of the time I do just a 45 minute run outdoors no matter what rain or shine and I'm preferring the rain days now <laughs> because really? it's getting warmer yeah and I, I get hot and so I kind of and I sweat like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Luckily, this is a podcast, so you guys can't even see that. But um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's been great. Uh, but I'm, I'm learning to really appreciate those rainy days and kind of, for lack of a better term, learning to dance in the rain um, and just enjoying it. So Yeah. So, so you've done 45 minutes of running every day? Uh, nearly every day. Other than that, if it, other, like, I've walked some pretty far golf courses because um, mm -hmm. I, I won't do the carts anymore just to kind of add to what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also not trying to overexert over myself at, at, uh, at all either because I don't want to add more stress while trying to limit my stress and build better solid habits. For sure. Sorry, we forgot to close the window. If you can hear that outside noise, rookies. Um, chalk it up to uh, episode one errors, but to to just go out and run forty five minutes. Actually, you can you can close that if you want. All right, um, we're back. Yeah, we'll we'll cut that out maybe if we can figure out how. 
Um, but to just go out and start running for 45 minutes, like that's tough. Like I would have to build up to that, which I did, you know, I, when I started running, I, I still don't even know if I could run for 45 minutes straight, but I'll go for, you know, 15, 20 minute stretches of, of running pretty hard and then kind of walk for a little bit and then start running again. And so after the first couple of times that you did that, were you just completely sore the next day? Yes. A hundred percent. Um, I, uh, a big part of this for me is I am now 34 years old as of a couple weeks ago. And when I was in high school and college, I ran track and played football. So in those years between then and now, I have not been that same athlete. I don't have the same structure. I don't have the same teams to join. I don't, you know, like life changes, you get older and, and you kind of find different ways to make it work for you. But that's where I found a lot of solace in this experience is really getting back to who I really truly feel I am and being able to just go out there that first day and remember just deep down in my muscles, like a muscle memory that like I can do this, like I am strong and I can do this is what drives me. And just knowing like I was built for this and I love it. And I is as hard, the harder it gets, the more I love it in the end Mm -hmm. and no, like, the next day I could barely walk. My lower calves were so tight. I couldn't even barely go up and down the stairs. But even in that burn that you feel deep, like you can rub like in your legs, I'm kind of doing it right now. Like you can feel that deep burn and all you can think about is, Hey, I earned that. Like I went out there and I moved that foot one more time in front of the other one. And I did that. So it's been really empowering very painful. I got myself some different massage gear (laughs) for my own home gym now just to work out some of the kinks, but it's been really rewarding. And yeah, the the harder it gets, the more fun I seem to have. Yeah. And that's the same thing for me too. My calves kill if I try and run. Um, I I ran hood to coast last year and was in pretty good running shape for most of summer and fall last year, but definitely fell off this winter. And then once the, the virus hit and it really limited the options in terms of what cardio I could do, like just going out for a run is, is quick, it's easy. Well, not easy, but it's easy to, to go do that. It's not easy to complete it, but, um, you know, you don't have to go to the gym. Um, so do you think, and I guess back to what I was saying, I was going to say, you're, we're both tall guys, you're what, 6'5"? Uh, just under, I'm like just under six four. Okay. With with my hair, I can get up to like six six though. It's, it's pretty tall. Okay, and I'm six seven <laughs> too. And so we both kind of experienced that same like just calf strain, I think. And I think it's just from our levers being so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely after I run, I have to come back and foam roll for fifteen or twenty minutes, and I have one of those massage balls that I'll kind of rub through through one of my calves and pushed a little hard the other week and ended up straining something. And so I haven't run for about the last week and a half. Uh, but today, later this afternoon, actually, I'm going to go for a run and try and get back into it. Um, but do you think if the gyms were open, if we had access to more options, do you think you would still be doing running as much or would you vary it? I originally had the gyms been open, I would have done my indoors in the gyms, but I think I still would have ran outside. I do not like running on treadmills. Mm -hmm. I do not like running on ellipticals. I don't feel like you get the same muscle work and I feel that they tighten personally my hamstrings and I being six, four, you know, um, pretty big guy, tight hamstrings is, is just brutal on the lower back, um, all the way down through your ankles, all the way up and through your knees and stuff. And, um, so yeah, I think 
the plethora of indoor options at a gym would have helped with the indoor workouts, but just getting outdoors, breathing fresh air, you know, like getting sunlight on your skin or rainwater on your body and, you know, maybe reaching out and touching a tree here and there just because you're running by it and you, and you can because you're there and you're living in that moment is, is a lot more rewarding than just kind of the monotony of listening to your favorite music or staring at a TV screen indoors. Yeah, I think so, that's a good point. And I'm the same way. Like if I run on a treadmill, I think it's just because I have such long legs, I feel like I'm going to like slip off of it and break something. <laughs> Very true. Um, but I, I, I guess I'm not as, as passionate about running. For me, it's kind of a love-hate relationship. And so I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I think I would just have more um, kind of some of those auxiliary type cardio machines, whether it be like Stairmaster or even rowing. Um, you know, I couldn't couldn't row for 45 minutes straight, but just doing some type of like interval type training on, yes. on a machine, I think that would be handy. But like I said, that's just kind of adding to, to build the mental toughness because if you've ran for five days and you really want that alternative or, or you know, the option to go do something else, you know, cardio related that's maybe not running, it's too bad. Everything's closed down. You got to do it. You got to find a way. Yep. Um, I would having having said that, yeah, uh, the one thing I do miss from the gym is genuinely the rowing machine because like there's some fitness challenges on there that if you can roll like 9,000 meters in 20 minutes, you might be the fittest person on the planet. And yeah. I've attempted it, and I maybe made it 900 meters <laughs> in the 20 minutes. So. Dude, rowing is insane. It's <laughs> such a workout. It's a real deal thing, and I really respect those people that really go out there and do it. So Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, I think I'm the same way. Like this, this body weight program, I've been doing it outside in the courtyard at my apartment complex. And so typically that plus my walker run, you know, if it's, if it's not raining, I'll typically do both my workouts outside, but if it is raining, then I'll just force myself to, to do one. And I think it's been, it's been good. Like, um, the body weight one especially has really put an emphasis on like mobility, especially shoulder movement, which my shoulders have been terrible. Uh, I just dislocated one a, a couple weeks ago, snowboarding. Um, but I think having that has been really good, but if I wasn't forced to do it, I think I'm the same way. Like my, one of my workouts would have for sure been at the gym, like lifting weights. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's good in the fact that it kind of mixes you know, try new things and, and go to alternative routes for the exercises that we're doing. Yeah. And I have, uh, believe me, I live a pretty convenient life. I, I have a car, I have a, a job. I, you know, I go to the supermarket. It's pretty convenient, but sometimes, you know, an abundance of convenience can kind of create, you know, softness or flabbiness or the things that we don't like even though we can't see past the convenience and so i think COVID has been a real good opportunity for our generation as a whole because we're all experiencing this together it's a very unique thing to experience something this grand like together with everyone all at the same time so like to all be challenged on that convenience to all have to like ch alter our stuff has been a real real treat to like build that mental toughness and come up with alternatives like you're saying yeah and i think that's something that we could probably spend an entire podcast talking about it's just you know the comfort zone and and how many luxuries we enjoy that that corona has kind of forced us to step outside mm -hmm. which i would argue some of them are a good thing you know it's I think that we as Americans maybe feel a right to be comfortable most of the time, 
and that may not always be the case. I mean, there's always going to be situations that, that test your comfort level and expecting to go through those situations with some type of comfort. I think it's just how our minds have kind of evolved, um, you know, with technology and, and, you know, the industrial revolution and just how the West has kind of come to be like, we take a lot of that stuff for granted. Um, and so I think this is another, again, a good way to kind of re-examine that and take another look at some of those things. Mm-hmm. Take a step back. It's just a real, you know, sometimes you get those opportunities, even though you may not want them to like slow things down a bit. And this is a really good opportunity for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's move on to nutrition. What have you been following for the nutrition plan? The rules from what I read about the 75 hard online aren't too strict. It pretty much just says you have to follow some type of consistent nutritional plan for 75 days. Yeah, I have, uh, this is by far the hardest one for me personally of any of the challenges, even the alcohol. Um, I can, I, and not gladly, <laughs> I do like a good IPA, but I would, it's much easier for me to give up alcohol than, and then some of the foods I really, really enjoy. Um, but it, it's been a struggle, but it's, it's been worth it. But, uh, I haven't taken it, um, to the next level of going to uh, like a particular diet. It's mm-hmm. more or less been eating non-saturated food, non-highly processed food, non-fast food is like a, an, an additional step I added just for my own nutritional benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am like the worst when it comes to fast food, I work out pretty damn hard and then I feel justified getting some Taco Bell. <laughs> and so I, the hardest part has been my nutrition, but I've been going with like a daily calorie intake. So I've done my BMI, uh, calculated it, done um, my cal- my caloric intake, and then I just calculate and I do the calorie counting because my my uh, grocery shopping so regimented now mm-hmm. because of COVID that it's a little easier to kind of count those calories. It doesn't feel so daunting because I have more time on my hands um, to kind of set up my weekly, you know, uh, meals, mm-hmm. whether it's like the five meals I eat for lunch at work or breakfast and lunch at work, um, which really pretty much consists of either granola and fruit or yogurt and fruit for my breakfast and then usually some rice with a protein and vegetables for lunch and then usually just a lean meat with vegetables uh, for dinner. Um, usually try to get some sort of carbs in there because I am not carbless mm-hmm. because I kind of get the loopy brain. <laughs> and so, but yeah, just kind of keeping the saturated fats down, the highly processed foods down, the fast food down, stuff that... You know, I'm not necessarily making myself and just cooking, being able to cook more by myself at home and having that kitchen time and, and just kind of being able to ground myself in my living space has been a treat as well. But uh, it's been a struggle because I love pizza. I love fried chicken. I love cheeseburger, like Killer Burger, one of my favorite places in the whole world. And now I live in the city that they have them. So it's it's just it's it's wonderful. But at the same time, it's it's again convenience. It's way too easy for me to hit a Grubhub button with my my Apple Pay and get a thirteen dollar cheeseburger delivered to my house right now. So it's just, yeah, it, I could do it, but at the same time, I can I cannot do it as well. So yeah, for sure. So did you go on like a huge bender? Have like a massive meal before you started the diet? Yes. What'd you um, get? What'd you get? The, well, I think it was a little bit before, but I it was with you when we actually got Killer Burger, and it was called the Croak Burger, and it was the greatest burger I've ever had. It had ham on it, 
it was like around Easter time and it was like delicious. Oh yeah. Okay. I do remember that. So you didn't eat after that? Like, I didn't eat like anything like crazy, crazy, but really? um, okay. I definitely like, I got rid of like my chips and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I got rid of like, like I don't get my, uh, my Oreo cookies, which I am also a fiend for. I'm not advertising Oreos. for any of these junk food spots, but I am a fan of what they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think what you said kind of about, the the change in mindset that COVID has placed like granted with with DoorDash and delivery and, and Grubhub and all these services we could still be doing the you know ordering in but I think the fact that like most establishments are closed to go to I think that's really what's been important to me because I was always the type of guy who would go you know to a happy hour or something and have a couple of beers and then just order food while I was there um, so by not being able to go to those places, it was tempting, you know, at first to kind of start ordering more food. Um, but I think it's also, I guess, ultimately it's been easier to, to kind of cook and, and remain stringent to a diet plan just because I can't go out and do like the social aspect side of those things because yes. everything shut down. Very true. And so I try to look at that as a blessing in disguise, like granted it has sucked. COVID has been terrible, but it's kind of a, I guess, would you say like a, like a silver lining, disguise, yeah. yeah, blessing in disguise, um, to kind of be able to to make it shift your mindset. And I think my diet, like neither of us are really like we're not professional nutritionists. Like we just kind of go off of what other people have recommended or what we find online. And I think the most important thing is trying different things and kind of seeing what works for you because everybody's a little bit different, you know what what works for you may not work for me necessarily and so i've been kind of doing a little bit different i i count macros instead of you know just calories as a whole and so i've had like um carb protein and fat goals that i write on a calendar and every week kind of since this started i've been increasing fat a little bit and keeping protein around the same and then slowly decreasing carbs Uh, because I'm trying to get to eventually into like a more of a keto, I guess, style of diet. I've tried it before of just like, you know, cutting out carbs and going high fat is just a you know quick shift. And it didn't really work out for me. It was a little harder to, to, to do. Um, I think I had like touches of the keto flu, but overall I just feel like I was getting tired early in the evening at like five or six o'clock. I'd want to go to bed. And so this time I've tried to like keep it more moderate and slowly kind of dip down into like that state of ketosis. And so um, I've dropped, I've dropped away since we started, but I did the same thing as you. Like I, I calculated my BMI. I found this really nice scale on Amazon that was pretty cheap that will tell you like your, um, you know, your BMI, your weight, your body fat, your lean muscle mass. And I have a couple of friends that are like, really big into fitness and bodybuilding and stuff. And both of them tried it and said that the readings give you really close to what they get from like DEXA scans at professional you know, places. And so I figured I'd give it a shot. And according to that, like, I think I'm down maybe three and a half or 4% body fat so far, wow. which has been pretty cool. Like to see that progress has been um, just fuel to the fire. Like every time I want to order something or, or have like a cheap meal, I just kind of tell myself, no, um, I've had, I, I let myself have two, or plan three cheat meals. And so at 75 days, I had one at 25 days, which was last Monday. And then I'm going to have one at 50 days and then one at 25 days left. 
Um, sounds amazing. And so I had it. Well, it was amazing in theory. <laughs> I, I ordered pickup from Chipotle last Monday. I was so stoked. Um, I got it to fit within my macros. Like I skipped, I think one of my other meals that I would have eaten. And I ordered just like a salad with, with chicken and cheese and guac and queso. And I went to pick it up. It was like ice cold. They didn't have any queso on it. They, I asked for double meat. They didn't have double meat. And it was just heartbreaking after having, after having built it up in my head for 25 days to get that. I was just like, fuck. That's an interesting take on what we're talking about. How, you know, you, you think you don't want, you know, this fitness or this new nutrition, right? Initially, Mm -hmm. you know, you think you'd like, this is going to be hard or, um, you know, what's going to happen? You know, that fear that I was talking about this, these emotions that, that come up, like it's different. I don't like it. But then you go back to something that you know you love, and it's not what you thought it was. Yeah, it's Your kind of an interesting. Shifted. Yeah, it's interesting because it, it's now that convenience became a hindrance because you know if you had made it yourself, it would have been hot with some nice queso. Like you know, what I mean, you're a capable guy. I'm sure you could make a nice burrito. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting that when we do kind of you know throw up our hands and say, hey, you know, somebody else take this care of this for me, sometimes it doesn't go the way you want it to. So. Yeah. And then me, like, I always hold a grudge. Like you said, I, I mean, I didn't even think, I thought about that. Like, but going out to buy all the ingredients and stuff when I know in past experiences, I've had great Chipotle before, yep. but then just the expectations and, and not matching, I, yeah, it was just heart crushing. Yeah. After like 25 days of really, you know, you kind of put it up on the pedestal. Like, this is going to be the best Chipotle I've ever had. I've earned this. And then it was like, uh, the universe was like, not yet. Yep. You, know, you don't the get to enjoy slaps it. slaps it down. Yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of like, for the rest of that day, I wasn't really beating myself up, but it was just bombed. Like, that wasn't worth it to break, yep. break my regimen just for that. Like, I would have rather just continued eating the, the stuff that I normally eat. Because like, what I eat isn't really that like gross or, you know, terrible it's not hard to make i eat a lot of like lean meat um some fattier cuts of of meat um for carbs i'll do like oats brown rice and sweet potatoes um and then some healthy fats and so it's not necessarily hard to put the food together but when i go into the zone on a diet i become very um repetitive in terms of my meals i don't do a lot of variety just because i find it's easier to cook and easier to stay on track if i'm just eating similar things each day it's easier to budget that way as well at the grocery so yeah exactly like you can have the same list every week when you go to the store um but at the same time it does become a little old and so when i saw that glimpse of light of a of a nice chipotle burrito bowl and god it just it crushed my soul that sucks. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> All right. So what do we have next? Um, but yeah, I guess that's that's kind of been the nutrition piece. Like neither of us, I don't think, are like you said, are are too over the top hardcore about it. But um, you know, we're, neither of us are nutritionists either. So we're just kind of doing what we feel like is right and what's been working best for us. And it sounds like we've both made some some good progress on it so far. Yeah, just uh, like the one last touch, like I, you said, with your, your body fat percentage going down, you're really kind of seeing it, and it drives you to not want, you know, that next snack or that next cheat meal or whatever. Same has gone for me, um, just kind of like enjoying the way I look a little bit more and seeing that it's actually going the way you wanted it to. 
when on day one you're like, hey, is this going to work out? Is it going to, am I going to actually get, you know, thinner or more muscle or like, or am I just kind of buying into another system that just, you know, got 35 bucks out of my wallet (laughs) and I'm just going to be sitting here with a $35 program on my phone. Mm -hmm. But no, like about a week and a half into it, you start looking and all of a sudden you start flexing your stomach and it, it starts looking different and you say, you know, like, yeah, I don't want that, you know, that bag of chips now or yep. I don't want that cupcake because yeah. even, even though it's delicious that's just it's not my intentions or my actions aren't necessarily matching my intentions at that time if I've decided I wanted something different yeah and that's key like seeing any type of progress is just fuel to the fire mm-hmm. like you know what you've been doing is working out granted as you you know drop weight or your body composition changes, you have to constantly be tweaking with your diet and reducing things or increasing things, um, which kind of makes it a struggle. But that's also kind of part of the fun is to to know that you're able to adjust something and know enough about your body to see that that works and then, you know, kind of fine tune it from there and continue to see progress. So I think that's been the coolest part for me. Nice. Um, Cool. So do you want to roll right into the no alcohol? Yeah. This one's been a little easier for me, Uh, a lot like what you were saying with like the nutrition and just the social aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Having bars closed and having tap rooms closed and breweries closed um, has made it rather easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I usually don't drink at home um, just because like I don't usually entertain people and I don't drink alone. Mm -hmm. It's just a rule of mine. And I don't necessarily go out and drink because I like alcohol. I go out and drink for the social aspect of it. I yeah. like going to a cool looking tap room or seeing something cool or, you know, going to Omsi after dark where you can go to the science museum and they're serving, serving adult beverages. And it's just amazing to like meet people and see people and get wacky and just know that everybody's out there kind of having fun, but alcohol just kind of is an enhancement versus the whole goal of why I'm there. Yeah. So it's been able, a really nice opportunity to be able to s- to sit back and be like, you know, like maybe it doesn't have as much of a pull over me as I thought it did. Or maybe I was giving too much power away because I thought what I enjoyed was the alcohol, but no, what I really enjoyed was going out and seeing people Mm -hmm. and being with people. Because if COVID's taught me one thing, I am a hugger (laughs) and I haven't been able to hug a single person in nearly like three months. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that. And it has been rough. That's probably harder than giving up alcohol for me. So, yeah, I think I'm kind of the same way, like in, in terms of like not having alcohol around the house, like, uh, sometimes I'll have like a bottle of bourbon or something laying around after a long day, I'll Mm -hmm. have like a glass of, but Typically, I don't have like beer on hand. Um, I don't really keep much just because if I'm you know, at home by myself, I, I don't drink that often. The social aspect is a little bit different for me, I think. I, I like going out and, and being social, but I think I've, I've kind of struggled with a little bit of social anxiety at different points in my life. And so especially during college, it's gotten better now. But, you know, going out to be social I thought required me to drink and like put myself in a state where I wasn't concerned about other people or Mm -hmm. kind of basically using alcohol to numb out that, that social. I feel, I feel very similar to that. Yeah. So not having that, I mean, I guess I can't really tell because I'm not going out and being in those social situations as much with, with COVID being down, but it was just kind of one of those things that goes hand in hand. Like if I'm going to go out and socialize, everybody else is going to be drinking. I'll have a few drinks too. 
um, maybe more than a few drinks, depending on the situation. Um, but yeah, for me either, it hasn't really been that tough. Um, I don't feel like I miss it. The only thing I'd say the thing that I miss the most probably is like the, I don't know what you call it like the symbolic aspect of it like after we get back from the mountain or take a break when we're off snowboarding or even after now that we're longboarding kind of a mount Tabor, after you finish just kind of having that beer and, and chilling and kind of cooling off afterwards like we've been replacing it with bubbly but it just like which is sparkling water but it just does not have the same effect it's at all. not the same it's it's rewarding to know that I'm sticking to what I told myself to do, but sparkling water, though delicious, is not nearly as rewarding as a summit beer. Mm-hmm. When you get to the top of what you're trying to accomplish, have yourself a beer, and I I can't wait until I get to do that again, but I set a goal for myself, and I'm going to follow it through, so I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. I think it's just because like a lot of the times where we really enjoy that, we're always just getting done doing something that was very energy depleting, whether it be snowboarding or longboarding or, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times we'd go on hikes and then stop at a, a brewery or a bar on the way back or something and grab a beer. And like just the combination of being depleted and, and getting that like cold, refreshing beer. And I think it hits you harder because you're exhausted and only need one to get a little bit of a buzz going. Yeah. Um, I think I just kind of, I kind of miss that, like the, the sim the symbolic yeah. aspect of it, I and guess. it's a, just a true reward. It's something you kind of carried with, and you said, "Hey, when I get done, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink this," and then you do it, and you do it, and it's it's exactly what you had envisioned. So it's always really fun and rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you think? So you you kind of said like, as soon as this is over, you're gonna you're gonna crack a beer. Take two of them together, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and just <laughs> no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably go out and yeah, maybe right. play a golf round and have a couple of drinks, or maybe try and go see what I can do. Just you know, I, I don't, I don't think COVID's gonna be over by the time I can drink again. So I think the social aspect still isn't gonna be there, but the control, the understanding that I've gained in doing this is gonna go a long way into just maybe using alcohol to enhance my experiences versus again being the sole reason maybe i wake up in the day so yeah so do you think your overall habits will change like do you think not that you drank much before drank too little before but you think it will change yes yes and more yes um this is the habit changer that's i would if i could rename the heart 75 i'd call it the habit changer the good health habit builder um whatever you want to call it um but yes i can just see that right before this i i hadn't drank a lot for a while my dad had suffered from alcoholism my mom had 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 kind of had some issues with alcohol i think because of my dad Mm -hmm. And it kind of ran in the family, so I was more, a little more cognizant of it and aware of it. And I didn't. That's kind of why I have my rule of not drinking alone. I just don't think it's very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I say that, but I will have like a beer, like long day, you know, or yeah. like like I do like a good bourbon. Yes, that is. I'm. There's no judgment. I'm just saying it's just a personal thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I can see that like. I just have a better relationship with it now and moving forward I think it'll just bring more enhancement to you know enjoying life and not you know necessarily hiding um, but just having those moments and actually finding good tasting treats or or drinks and stuff versus just slogging down any old cheap UV vodka you can find because you're a freshman in college yeah (laughs) exactly 
Yeah, I can see myself kind of doing the same thing. Like, I, I don't know that it'll change that much, but I've also never really, I mean, alcohol is, like I said, just one of those things that was mainly to like numb out social anxiety. It's not something that I ever felt like I needed to do. There's other substances that I've kind of dealt with like addiction to, whether it be caffeine or tobacco. I chewed for, you know, 14 years and ended up quitting that. I quit caffeine. If I were to have like a Red Bull now, I think I would like be fully back on the wagon and go back to like two Red Bulls a day. Okay. But, but alcohol, I, I just never have really felt like it was something that was needed on like a regular basis. It was just kind of, you know, one of the things that you do when you go out for me. So yeah, yeah. I think my, my lasting changes will definitely be more towards um, diet and, and fitness. I can see myself trying to do two a days going forward, maybe not both 45 minutes, maybe not you know, one outside, but I think that, and, and then the nutrition thing, I've really started to look at nutrition differently since we've been doing this. And I'm hoping to, to carry some of those habits through even once the restrictions are lifted with COVID and we can go back out and socialize and go to restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next piece was reading. What have you been reading? Yeah. I, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily entrepreneurial. Um, but it's more just, it's a self help if, you want to put it under there or Buddhist readings. Um, it's by a, a woman author named Tara Brock. It's called radical acceptance. I'm almost done with it since I started. I'm actually pretty happy with that. I am not a book reader. I like reading. I like learning things. I, I love learning things. I just constantly anything I can, but I am just not good at sitting still. Mm -hmm. I like to learn through, movement and the somatic side of life with the body but again like the other habits I'm building I've been able to kind of do some more meditation and then with that calming aspect able to find time to read every day and radical acceptance is exactly what it sounds like if you got something that's totally effed that you got to deal with and there's nothing you can do to change it what you have to do is accept it. Mm -hmm. And it's quite empowering. It is a real deep dive looking at yourself. It's a real deep dive looking at all the experiences you've had. And it's pretty damn rewarding. But I also want to kind of get away from like books like that too to kind of get a little more lighthearted through this. Mm -hmm. So like I think after this one, I think I'm going to go towards something maybe in the line of, you know, like building my own photography um, business or something along those lines that can bring my passion along with something that can be not necessarily lucrative, but just get my, my, uh, my art out to the world because I think it's helpful for people to see awesome things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as of now, I think it's just built a nice, nice structure that I can kind of find some at least, you know, 30 minutes at night sit down on my couch in my room and just read and not have a screen on, you know, and just kind of kick back and relax and unwind from the day. So along with, you know, my work schedule, which is pretty damn rigid, I get up at five in the morning, I'm leaving my house at 530 in the morning, and I'm home at 230 every single day, Monday through Friday, mm -hmm. to add a little bit more structure to that at the end of the night, where I can wake up with, you know, intentions, and now I can end my night with accomplishments and adding that reading has been really rewarding. Yeah. That makes sense. I think mine's kind of been the same way. Like when I when I first read about the Hard Seventy Five, it was it it specifically says entrepreneurial 
books, 10 pages of an entrepreneurial book per day. And so I started to read some entrepreneurial books, but at the same time, like with the added pressure of starting this, um, the, you know, different feelings and emotions that, that COVID had started to, to place on me at the time, I kind of just decided that I wasn't really in a place to, to think entrepreneurially at the time. And so I kind of switched to, I call them like self-improvement books, but yeah, I switched to some similar style books to that. Um, I read one on meditation. I've always wanted to be better at meditating. I know it's one of those things that like they say, you, you don't get good at it. You just keep doing it. Yep. And so I've never been able to stick with that. And so I read this really good um, book on meditation. It's called Real Happiness. I can't remember the name. I'm bad at author names, um, but it basically outlines like a, a 28 day program broken down into four weeks and each week you kind of progress to a new style of meditation you add another day of meditation so you start doing it three days a week and then by the end you're doing it i think all seven days of the week and so that's been really beneficial i've read the kind of sections and chapters a few times and have really tried to embrace meditation as part of this process um, just as a way to um you know, slow down my mind, be more present in the moment. Um, and then kind of, like you said, do things with intention, which, um, I feel like I've, I've kind of lost somewhere along the way. Um, you know, especially over the last couple of years, um, I'll talk about this more later, but like Max alluded to earlier, there's a few other things that I've added to the program, just as kind of my own thing to realign my focus and, and, um, reading, reading multiple books has, has been a big part of that. Um, there's a few others that I've been dabbling in and I do have some entrepreneurial books slotted for kind of, um, the future, uh, you know, maybe in a month or two after I get through some other books, I'll, I'll move on to those. Cause I do think it's a good time and I, I have some aspirations to, to start my own business. Um, I'm an engineer by trade and so I think I'd like to, to do some type of consulting where I can just do that work on my own and not have a boss or not be on anybody else's schedule, but but a client's. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to, to continue to stoke that fire. But I think for me, it was really important to just make that shift to, to those more kind of self-improvement or, or books on mentality to get myself in the right headspace before I tried to tackle starting a business or, or doing anything entrepreneurial. This is not an advertisement, but have you heard of the Headspace app? I have heard of the Headspace <laughs> app. I've used it. Um, I, I like it. I, it just, it's not what I, I can't follow it. I, for I some you. reason it just doesn't work. For yeah. Me. Sometimes some people really glom on to actual guided meditation and sometimes yeah. some people just really enjoy sitting quietly in a room. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that's cool. I actually do what is called the calm app. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been really? doing it for about three years now, nearly every day. Um, sometimes I go on vacations or sometimes, you know, get a little bit more busy than I think. And I just kind of uh, skip a couple days but when I do get back to it it's always just a real nice way to open up a little more space in your body a little more space in your heart and just like you're saying a little more space in your head to bring those millions and almost billions of thoughts we can have because we're inundated with the internet and everything these days down to one you know truly important thought and that is to just breathe and yeah. just do that one thing that is going to keep us alive yeah and I know that this is a bit of a misconception on my part, and it's just how I perceive things. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's wrong. But I think that using the, the Headspace apps or the Calms, at least for me, 
like I would be more excited or more, I would feel more accomplished if I could clear my mind without using that assistance. Yeah. Like if I could just sit and, you know, focus on my breath without having to have somebody talk me through it. I've tried various different guided meditations and some of them do work well. Like there's a couple on Headspace that I've tried that were interesting and I feel like were beneficial, but I don't feel like I've accomplished as much as if I'm just, you know, sitting in a corner in a meditative pose and am able to get to that clear mind state on my own. Like coming out of a, a meditation session where I've been able to get that state without assistance versus coming out of it after you know listening to a guided meditation i just feel much more accomplished so mm. i don't know that that's the right way to think about it but that's just kind of how how i perceive yeah, it. yeah whatever works for you yeah it's like exactly like we're trying to accomplish here today we're just getting out there and we're trying it out and we're seeing what works try new it, things yeah if it works keep going and if it doesn't make a change yeah so do you think you're going to continue any type of reading regimen after this oh 100 yeah i've always wanted to be a reader I mean, yeah. growing up through middle school and high school, struggling to stay still. Not, I don't think I've ever not been able to read well. I mean, maybe there were books that were out of my reach when I was younger, but I don't feel that anymore. Um, but at the same time, I just didn't have the capacity necessarily to sit still as long. And I think with age, a lot of times for certain people, it comes a little bit later. Mm -hmm. um, like, like flowers. I am a flower photographer amateur level but with flowers i kind of relate to a lot sometimes they bloom early sometimes they bloom late and i think my passion for reading is blooming late and i i dig it now because i just like soaking up other people's ideas and reading them off a of text sitting calmly you know having a cup of tea you know lighting a candle and being in a calm space is really something that brings me back down every night now as opposed to being in this mentality that I have to have all the answers all the time mm -hmm. or sitting quietly or drinking tea is inferior or weak in some way. And it's just been nicer to be, you know, six foot four kind of bigger guy that's been able to find that kind of space in my heart and my body to be like, you know what, this works for me and I kind of dig it. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's interesting that you bring that up. Like I don't want to go off on a huge tangent here, but I feel like, reading and then some of the more you know even writing or, or poetry some of the more creative outlets at least in the the area where i grew up as a kid you know reading these these literary works in class um it was just you know it wasn't cool like if you read the books that you were assigned like most of your friends were, were sitting there trashing on it and God peer, forbid peer pressure and, doesn't lead to to readers. Yeah, <laughs> tends to push them away. They gotta. It's, you're not gonna. I at least personally, I was not able to find a, a reading club when I was in middle school or high school. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Well, not only that, but like you, we would almost get teased for it. Like my yeah. my friends would tease me, and you know. And so I think, and this is something that I've been kind of working through a lot of my own recently. Is I think for a long time I just kind of walled off that creative side of me, and I think it's had some negative repercussions. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've been trying to work more to, to open it back up. And so I've actually ordered a lot of the books that we read in like, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade literature, Lord of the Flies, A Scarlet Letter. To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird, yes, Tom Sawyer. Um, I have a bunch of them queued up and am ready to just go back and read through with more of an open mind and kind of try to, yeah, like you said, reignite that appreciation mm -hmm. um, that I'm finding as an adult. And the same thing with poetry. Like I was never... I think poetry is probably one of the ones that was perceived as 
I don't know, like the, I don't know what you call them, but you know, like small town kids from Minnesota, they'll call you names or whatever if you're reading poetry or writing yeah, poetry. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you kind of said right when you started this little little bit of a tangent, but um, that creative side almost kind of gets what they call like that feminine energy tinge yeah. to it mm-hmm. versus the masculine. And I think through this journey um, that I've had over the years that we'll talk about more in later episodes, there goes that motorcyclist again. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, but you just kind of, uh, yep, lost it. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were saying about that creative side. Like, yes, sorry, yeah. Lost it with the motorcyclist. <laughs> motorcyclist distracted. The masculine energy came through and got me. But no, um, you just kind of brought up with it, right? I'm a guy, I'm a man. Um, played a lot of sports. It was pumped in my head to be pump out masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And I've learned through this journey and through the On It 6 Challenge and the Hard 75 that to really be at your best, you really want to be as well-rounded as you can be. And Mm to combine both those sides, kind of like that yin-yang symbol, where you can take that feminine side, you can take that masculine side, mash them together, and you can still be you. You can still be everything that you are, but you can be kinder, you can be more creative, you can be strong, you can be all those things all at once, taking the good with the bad and the bad with the good. So yeah. I think that has led to like my fear of reading at a younger age as well. Mm-hmm. And now I just have the resolve to just not give a hoot what anybody else thinks. So it's, it's a lot nicer. And that's why this is going to be an epic podcast, because that's exactly what I was trying to say. Like the masculine versus feminine thing, you, you got it to a T. Nailed so, it. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I think we both kind of think alike and are good at completing each other's thoughts. Um, so that's reading. Reading's been great. I'm planning on continuing it um, as kind of additional, I guess, challenges for myself during this time. I've also stopped all streaming services. Um, I stopped video games. I don't really play video games that much anymore, but there are a few times where my buddies will play Call of Duty and ask me to jump on, and I'll get on and rip with them. Uh, But I've basically cut out all those other things that I consider distractions just to really use this time when I'm limited from going out and doing my normal hobbies, just to use this time to kind of reevaluate the way that I interact with the world and, you know, the way that I approach things on a daily basis. And so I think reading has been much more positive um, than just coming home and and zoning out on Netflix. I'm not saying that I'm never going to watch Netflix again, but I think I was just using it as a way to not focus on my problems. And so by eliminating that, I think I've, you know, it kind of ties back to what we were talking about, about mindfulness, but I've been forced to, to deal with some of the issues and, you know, not necessarily just distract myself, but, but really, you know, focus on, on the things that maybe I would have just not thought about and just zoned out yeah. on Netflix before. Kind of like turning in and facing the music, they say, you know, just mm-hmm. like, you can distract yourself all you want. All you're doing is kind of, in a, in a sense, you know, prolonging when you're going to finally have to face that mirror because we all kind of are mirrors um, projecting out what we've learned or what we've experienced. And, yeah, if you can't take that time, to, like you're saying, to sit back, take inventory, and figure out what you're trying to accomplish or who you are um, because you're, you know, caught up in the newest, you know, Tiger King or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's a little harder to get through that, but, you know, like we started off saying this, take, let's let's take a, the good with the bad out of this COVID and really realize, hey, this is a chance to almost get in a meditative state every day because mm-hmm. you kind of have to stay in that individual line. So Yeah. 
And I'm not saying that one couldn't use reading as a distraction too. Like if well, I yeah. loaded up a bunch of fiction books, I could I could lose myself in a fictional world. But I think it's just harder to to zone out. Like you have to be if you're reading for me at least, I have to be conscious. Otherwise, I'm you know if I'm zoned out while I'm reading, I go back and have to reread everything I just yep. read. And so I think it just forces you to be a little more present than something like Netflix or or video games does. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Diet, workout, reading. We also do the water thing. Water. It's yeah. is probably the hardest <laughs> of the challenges also. The nutrition water. For, nutrition is hardest for me. Water is a close second. Just getting the quantity up to a gallon every day and just remembering to is 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 harder than remembering to read or, or meditate. It, yeah. it, it, to just keep chugging it down and, and using the restroom is, is is wild so so have you actually been tracking it because i know you and i both are like bigger guys and just drink a ton of water anyway and so i haven't been tracking it that strictly i well i have like a pretty standard nalgene and if i do four of those it's a gallon mm-hmm. and so i've always kind of done that just because like the you know the way i've heard to calculate is like half your body weight in ounces and it's right about at a gallon for my body weight. It's nearly to a T, like okay. the 120 ounces, I believe, or 128 ounces 20, or yeah. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I mean, I, I don't weigh, <coughs> like, uh, 250, but I'm just a, just a little bit under that. I weigh about 230 pounds. So mm-hmm. at 115 ounces, I'm pretty much drinking a gallon to get my intake anyway. It's just, you know, remembering to fill that Nalgene, remembering yeah. to get it in right when you wake up, Um really try to get it in around lunchtime especially when you're eating food and stuff to really flush a lot of those acids that you're putting in your body with your food through and stuff so it it's it's just it's a little it's probably the most regimented part like it, you're really doing it all day you're not like putting aside you know 45 minutes here 45 minutes here 10 minutes there 20 minutes there for these other things mm-hmm. it's like every you know 15 20 minutes have i drank have i did i drink water like 20 minutes ago yeah no, so. yeah I'm kind of the same way. Like I have a couple different size bottles, but um, so I have like a 24 and a 36. For some reason, I carry two around because I always, or I never want to be like without water. But two of those together is 120 ounces, or two each of those is 120 ounces. Nice. And I drink like tea and BCAAs and stuff throughout the day too. So I get over 128 ounces of fluid, um, and that really hasn't been too problematic for me like i said i feel like i drink that most days regardless but the tracking it and being disciplined and like making sure that's been a thing because there's definitely been days especially these last few weeks work's been a little tough for me we've had some big projects and there'll be times where i'm working 12 hours and just staring at my computer and don't really take the time to to think about it because i'm not up walking around or like you know burning any calories or or moving at all that I don't get as thirsty. And so on days like that, I probably wouldn't drink a gallon if I didn't force myself to. Yeah. So there's been a couple of days where, you know, I'm just heads down working until seven, eight o'clock at night. Normally, since I've started this program, I get up around five as well to to go work out. And so I'll go to bed at like 9 p.m. And sometimes I'll realize at like 7, 30, 8 o'clock, like, shit, I've only had one of those bottles. I got to drink three more and so I'll chug it quick and then that'll be a rough night's sleep because I'm no, getting up to You're going to be night. waking up pretty sure. That's an old uh, old trick that people used to use before alarm clocks, I guess, was chug some water before you go to bed so you wake up in the morning. No way. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It's, it, the body is a crazy thing. Yeah. That's true. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't think this is something that I necessarily have to 
try to continue going forward. I think it's just something where, I mean, being conscious of drinking more water, like even if we are drinking a gallon, I think the, the program recommends a gallon for a normal sized person and we're both pretty big. And so I feel like trying to exceed that going forward is something I'll try to do, but it's not necessarily something that I'll have to track or, or keep that type of guideline on. Yeah. You kind of just, and through this process, you kind of feel like more, you're more aware of when you've had like an adequate amount. Like I'm, I'm more aware like that, oh man, I used to be so dehydrated throughout my day just mm. because of how much better I feel now making sure I'm drinking water. So it's, it's been a, a real eye opener. Yeah, I will say the, the one change that I will try and make and that I've kind of been trying to do is I've tried to drink more immediately after I get up because I, I think most people, um, you know, it's you're not really all that thirsty unless you didn't drink a lot the night or the day before. You don't necessarily wake up that thirsty. And a lot of people like rush to coffee or, or have things like that, which I don't drink coffee, but I'll have like a, an herbal tea or something in the morning when really I should just force myself to, to chug a bunch of water, you know, get the get the liquids flowing, mm-hmm. get your joints lubricated, all that stuff. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing is I have it set up now. So like I'll for, uh, fill up that 24 ouncer there and like set it on my desk for right when I wake up and I'll just make myself drink the whole thing, like regardless of what condition I'm in in the morning. And that's, you know, close to a little under a quarter of the the requirements that I have yeah, for, yeah. for a day. No, it's cool too, like, because like it also has another aspect of like, you know, kind of starting your day almost right off the bat with an accomplishment, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same reason kind of like I make my bed every day. Like, mm-hmm. it, I, f- I feel like as an adult, you kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm an adult. I should make my bed every morning. Yeah. But also it kind of it lets you wake up and be like, hey, that's one thing done in a day. You know, it might be really minuscule, almost as almost as like passive as brushing your teeth, mm-hmm. which, I, which I do recommend you do nearly every morning. Yeah. Um, but also you can just add that, you know, drink that water and now you got like two things out of the way. And so your day just kind of starts off. Maybe it might, they might not all be great, but at least you've got that thing where you know you start your day off on the right foot. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, so those are kind of all of the pieces of the program. Let's talk a little bit about just kind of overall progress, like how you feel just generally, not really specific to the diet or specific to the workout, but just as a whole, and maybe I guess related to the, the mental toughness aspect that this is supposed to build. Do you feel like you've, you know, gained mental toughness? Do you feel like you've progressed as a person versus where you were when we started this a month or so ago? Yes. Um, I, know, I know I just sound like a repeat yes man now. Like it probably sounds like I'm just advertising for it, but no, it works. It well, really I'm, works. I'm setting you up with these questions. So yeah. It, I'm uh, you. <laughs> it, uh, it works really well if you if you let it work for you, mm-hmm. if you go out and, and give it a, a, an actual attempt, you know, you don't have to give it your best shot or whatever. You just give it an actual attempt and see what happens. And, you know, you'll start seeing stuff and maybe you fall off, but as long as you don't give up, you're never really going to lose. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the mental toughness has been huge. I already had a pretty structured schedule with the way I work but just being able to now wake up and then like get stretched out or wake up and maybe pull a pull a workout in in the morning now just trying to get one done in the morning has been something like that I never 
even thought in a million years would be possible maybe four years ago three or four years ago i i didn't even think i'd be able to wake up at five o'clock when i got this job you know what i mean so like i was like oh you actually you actually gave me the job like oh no i'm gonna have to really do this yeah and so like to get from there where i really didn't even think i was gonna ever be a morning person to a morning person that wakes up and drinks my water and makes my bed and puts down a yoga mat and really starts the juices flowing Mm -hmm. has been huge like i'm very um happy with it um my my just yeah my overall outlook on everything is better depressive episodes stay stay with me uh, far uh with with just way less um like everybody has their moments everybody has like those times where they don't feel like themselves or they feel less than they normally would um but just through these you know like I wouldn't say rigidity, but through a little bit of structure, because I haven't necessarily made it stress me out. I've allowed it to push me, but I've never gotten to the point where like, I can't do this or I'm not going to do this. or I have, I've put too much on my plate. Mm-hmm. Like I used to do when I was younger. I think I've really done a really good job of scheduling this stuff and making sure it works. And I think COVID helps in that. And I think just being able to take some time back and do that so yeah the mental toughness is huge and my overall well-being and my my happiness level is is beyond through the roof i wouldn't say i'd necessarily jumping down the street that's not necessarily what i would call happy but i have a nice balanced um internal working now and i just you know when things are bad i can kind of like hark on my good side a little bit where things are going really good. I can stay humble a little bit better than I was able to before. And I'm not saying don't enjoy things. I'm not saying don't have your good day and let it be the best good day you had. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was saying is don't let yourself get too caught up on either side of that emotion or, you know, cause like, like I was saying with the yin yang, you can take the good with the bad and the bad with the good. You don't want to necessarily be too far on one side. You don't want to necessarily be watching too much Netflix or reading too many books or right. doing too many workouts or chugging too much water mm-hmm. or you'll desalinate your whole body. I mean, there's there's downsides to everything. So I think this has just brought me a lot of balance, a lot of mental fortitude, and I think I've got a real good, solid uh, foundation of gold to kind of build on from here. So, Do you feel like any aspect of this program you had – concerns as whether you'd physically be able to accomplish it or was it more of just kind of applying yourself and and creating the focus and making yourself do it day in and day out initially i thought i was so out of shape i wasn't going to be able to to keep up Mm -hmm. um i didn't spend too much on overhead to start this workout program part of it Mm -hmm. um because there was a kettlebell in the house that I live in right now, um, another roommate had owned that said I could borrow it. It was 25 pounds. They had recommended maybe starting at like a 15 or 20 pounder, but I was like, I'm not sure if I can do this. I, I genuinely thought I might've been too out of shape to do it Yeah, just because like I snowboard and I hike, but those are two very specific things. Mm -hmm. And I do them so repetitively that that might've been the only thing I might've been good at physically there for a while. But now I feel much more well-rounded. Um, and I just feel, um, that like now it's more the mental side. Now it's really more just pushing myself and making sure that I am progressing now. Now I'm not just getting it done. Am I doing a little bit more now because I have the capacity to do that? I'm going to, my capacity is always going to be expanding. I'm not saying that 
I'm never going to be content with where I'm going or what I'm doing because I am every single day. You know, I have that same content, that same happiness, which limits those depressive states because the more I can, no matter how bad or good anything is, I can just really appreciate everything I have. What do I really have to be depressed about then? You Mm -hmm. know, what can I be sad about if I just genuinely enjoy the opportunities given? So the mental fortitude, building that up and just being able to push myself farther than I thought because initially I thought I was out of shape and then I proved myself I wasn't and now I'm proving myself that I can push farther than I thought I could so yeah definitely do you think you're going to keep the kettlebells going after this yeah, is over? I love it <laughs> I dig it um another buddy of ours another snowboard friend um maybe come on the show he's got his own little podcast called 10 beers deep where they drink beer and talk about stuff he is doing the the mace challenge where it's Mm -hmm. an ancient mace from persian days where they're doing ancient persian army workouts through the on at six challenge too so it's been really fun to see everybody kind of get after it and i want to try the the body weight one next and maybe do do the crazy the mace one later when i finally feel like i need to join an infantry troop in a pre (laughs) pre firearm war (laughs) yeah i understand no i i think yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think I've kind of experienced, you know, similar similar views. I don't know that there was anything that I thought I couldn't do. Like, I was working out before this, definitely not as hard or, or I was not doing two days. But I wasn't too concerned about that aspect. For me, it was more of could I force myself to do it day in and day out for 75 days. And then the, the one outside, that one was kind of concerning to me too, just because I know how crappy and rainy it is in Portland. But I've definitely tried to kind of view it from your perspective too, where like it's, if you're out for a run and it starts raining, it's actually refreshing and cools you down a little bit. And so there's been a couple of times where I'm running down by the waterfront and it just starts pouring. And you know, the first week or two of this program, I was getting so pissed and like, damn it, now I'm all soaked, which I was sweaty anyway. So I don't know why I was so butthurt about it. But <laughs> I just was a bummer. And then there was just one, one time I remember I was out, it was probably two weeks or so into the program and it started raining and I was just so psyched. I was like, Oh, thank you. Like I was, maybe it was a warmer day or something. And I just felt my perspective shift and, you know, it could have been other things, but I think a lot of it was due to this program and just kind of the, some of the healthy habits that I've developed and the healthy mindset and yeah, the, the mental fortitude that it's kind of created, I think has been a big plus. Um, I will definitely try and keep the body weight thing going, the program that I'm doing. I think I'd like to, once the gym's open back up, you know, in an ideal world, I think I'd like to treat that more of like a a morning cardio routine and then Mm -hmm. still go like lift weights in the afternoon. Um, but we'll see, you know, when, when lockdown starts, starts lifting up and when things start opening, um, are there any adjustments? We're just over, just over a third of the way through. Are there any adjustments that you're going to make for the remainder of the program or you think? You're uh, kind of yeah, spot on? I think I'm going to get a little bit more intense with the diet. I wouldn't say I'm going to go like to the end, mm-hmm. the, the farthest end of the spectrum on intensity, but I would say, yeah, I want to get a little bit more into the counting the macros and stuff and just kind of seeing what like the world of nutrition has to offer nowadays because everything changes so fast in the world like from two years ago to now from 15 years ago until now like they like weightlifting programs from 40 years ago are considered unhealthy these days (laughs) and bad for your 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 skeletal system so Mm -hmm. it's it's just insane what what we can accomplish what we do accomplish as a collective and 
So I think I just want to up my nutrition and really kind of make sure I'm just putting really healthy foods in my body and stuff that maybe will, you know, do more of the work like when I'm not working out. You know, like like I like we say, like we've been talking about snowboarding. I do a lot of snowboarding when I'm not on my snowboard. I do a lot of snowboarding when I'm not on the mountain. It's the mental aspect, the body control, the understanding of what's happening. Yeah. And that's kind of like the same mentality I want to take towards nutrition. Like, I don't want to just eat food because it's good for me. I want to eat food that's going to be keep working for me th- all the way through my body. It's going to set up from today into tomorrow, you know, kind of like a now for tomorrow diet. You know, like, what am I doing today that's going to help me tomorrow and get to where I want to go and just kind of bring the intensity up so I'm really understanding food a little bit better and maybe i can learn a little bit more about cooking or just food preparation or just kind of building my own um awareness of that in that process too yeah i think i'm similar like i think i've been really strict on the diet but i think i need to get more intense with some of the workouts you know the the body weight trainer that i've been doing is already pretty intense but i feel like i've kind of not gone as hard on the gas pedal for my other workout as I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, a lot of them I've just been treating is more like recovery walks where I'll go walk for an hour, hour and a half or so, yeah, yeah. which, you know, still burns calories. I'm burning, you know, upwards of 500 calories per walk. Um, sometimes more depending, you know, on like weekends, I'll go walk like six miles, six or seven miles all down the waterfront, like down to, um, um, not to the Ross Island. What's the other bridge? Tillicum? Tillicum Bridge, yeah. yeah. Go across that down by kind of OHSU and then come back up the riverfront that side. That's about six miles um, from here down there and back. That sounds good. Um, but I think I, I would just like to, I guess, hold myself more accountable and, and do some more intense um, second workouts of the day. And even, you know, it's not going to be I, – I can't. I don't think I could run for 45 minutes every single day. So I'll have to find a, another kind of outlet or another – option um, whether it be you know doing like sprints or something or running stairs Um, i'm gonna try and incorporate some more like like almost like hiit stuff like some interval yeah you're inspiring Um, me right now man like you now you're just giving me ideas like (laughs) because like yeah i was like i wouldn't say i was going to change anything on on like the the workout perspective i really want to change what i'm doing nutritionally i i wanted to not stress myself to to begin with so i just didn't want to overwhelm myself with too many things in the day and i think i'm comfortable now kind of like you're saying with your workout like you've gotten to a comfortable level now you can kind of push past it but i think yeah just that stairs idea you know just just a little bit different something different to just kind of push it a little bit more i think i'm going to end up ramping up as well but then again the workout program at least for mine changes this week yeah does it for yours so yeah, it might mine, get more intense, get more intense the, after next week too on it challenge program that we're doing um but yeah even for that second session like i just feel like there's there's more that i could be doing um it's kind of a balancing act between like you know cutting these calories and trying to diet you don't have as much fuel to like recover and so it's a balancing point between what you're putting into your body versus what you're expending and so you just kind of have to find that apex where you can still do good hard workouts but still aren't overeating calories and Mm -hmm. you know especially for me like i've been trying to reduce carbs just not eating a, a ton of carbs but still being able to maintain energy levels to do strong workouts but i also think that there's something to be said about the fact that both of us our first reaction is that we want to get more intense with this so i think that that kind of talks about to the mental fortitude too that it's been building Mm -hmm. we kind of have that mentality where you know we're just over a third of the way in and we both want to want to press the gas pedal harder i think part of that is just kind of who we are we're both kind of like that as people but i think part of it is just kind of the the healthy traits and the healthy mentality that this program has been building 
Yeah, it's just how you approach life. You know, I got an opportunity here. Um, parents gave me an opportunity to live and just go out there and get it. And, you know, sometimes when you get to a certain point, you know, maybe you don't need a little bit more and maybe you do. And I just really want a little bit more right now. So, yeah, for sure. Well, we've been talking about this program for a while now. Um, I think that's a good point to start wrapping up the first episode. Um, to anybody who may listen to this, give us a break. We're still, uh, we're still learning. This is our first one. If there's audio issues, um, let us know. We, as yeah, any advice is welcome. <laughs> Honestly, if you hate it, let me know. I really, I really eat that up too. Like the, the more you hate it, the more I probably learn from it. Cause <laughs> I do take the bad with the good all the time. And I, I really, you know, I, I'm not going to necessarily take it to heart, but I almost, I'll almost take it, jot it down in the notebook and really use that as, as some fuel for later. <laughs> if you really don't like what we're doing here. You can say nice things too. <laughs> yeah. You can say nice things too, if you want. Um, I guess at the time of recording this, like we still don't even have a name or any of this social media stuff we're just john and max right now so yeah so um you know maybe we keep that going but um john and max thank you for listening if you do listen and uh hope to see you again in the the weeks to come as we start to release more of these um i think it's something that we both agreed you know even regardless of its success or lack thereof i think it's just cool to to get together and carve out this time to sit down and chat about some of these topics that we you know normally talk about drunk or, or a little bit high or yeah. off in the woods somewhere just yeah. to kind of sit down and organize our thoughts and, and go through them so yeah. i'd like to keep that going regardless yeah i just like want to get down with that shared experience and just want to thank everybody if you tuned in so have a right. good day thanks people later